I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were suckers. They wanted me for their army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said never. Here's a land that never gave a damn about a brother like me and myself because they never did. I wasn't with it, but just that very minute it occurred to me. The suckers had authority. Cold sweating as I dwell in my cell. How long has it been? They got me sitting in a state pen. I gotta get out, but that thought was thought before. I contemplated a plan on the cell floor. I'm not a fugitive on the run. Brother, brother like me begun to be another one. Public enemy serving time. They drew the line, y'all. They criticized me for some crime. Nevertheless, they could not understand. And I'm a Play diaries. And I can never be a better Coming at you from the Terror Dome. Year of Our Lord 2021. I've been obsessively watching the news ever since all that shit went down at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. a couple weeks ago. And uh, yeah, I've been doing my job. I got the ABC News feed up, uh, watched the, you know, the debate over whether or not to um, impeach Trump on Wednesday. And I'm glad to see that they're moving forward with impeachment uh, plans. But um yeah, it's pretty crazy times, and um, 10 Republicans voted, and I thought that was, uh, voted in favor of impeaching Trump, and I thought that was kind of huge. Uh, of course, the Republicans try to weasel out, they try to say, uh, you know, they in one breath will condemn Trump, but also say that impeaching him will cause more civil unrest and violence, potentially, uh, playing to their base which, uh, you know, that's politics, and it's pathetic, I think. But uh, before we get into that stuff, I just want to make some, some announcements here. Um, I am going to be leaving Metal Matters uh, for no other reason that I just want to do other things. I mean, Gimme Metal is a cool organization. Uh, I totally back those guys. I think that um, they've got a really good system over there. And uh, I just wanted to focus on my own things, which is uh, actually this podcast and uh, Necromaniacs. So what does that actually mean, you might ask? What it means is that I'm going to be doing Everything Went Black weekly. Uh, Randy will be joining me, or us rather. Ralph Schmidt will be joining us. And I'll have uh, one of these uh, solo episodes and then I'll have a guest, an interview. But unlike what I was doing over at Metal Matters, uh, though there will be an emphasis on extreme music, it won't necessarily all be about, you know, new metal bands, you know, classic metal records, like stuff like that. It's going to be about all sorts of things. Because as much as I love extreme music, you know, hardcore punk, uh, metal, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's just more to life to enjoy and to explore. So there's going to be a bunch of um, other stuff coming down the pike. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. It's refreshing. I was actually getting a little burned out coming up with uh, show ideas, trying to figure out who to interview. Um, because the thing is about doing interviews is that um, I didn't want the show to turn into something where I was compelled to talk to somebody because they were popular and they just had a new album come out and everyone loved it. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to do do things just to get more people to listen to the show. I wanted to 
you know, follow stuff that I thought was interesting. And a lot of times with me, those things don't really line up. So uh, everyone that I talk to at Metal Matters, uh, I've got respect for and I think are cool and I like their music. And there really weren't any people that um, that I thought were were kind of, um, you know, it didn't make didn't make the grade with me. But uh, that was a short list of people. And some of the, you know, some of the ideas that I were starting to pop into my head was to talk to these people that I didn't really, uh, you know, like as artists. And uh, I just don't have enthusiasm for that. That's why I have a failed career as a journalist. Um, you know, if you were to uh, assign me to write about a band or a particular artist or interview someone who I didn't like, I would probably wouldn't be able to do a good job. Very subjective in that matter. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just got, uh, got burned out, and I think the show is going to go out on a high note. They're going to continue with a different host, which I, you know, I'm happy to hear that. And... Um, I'm glad that I was, you know, had the opportunity to work with them. I think that, uh, you know, that we, we did some good work. Uh, I was able to put them in a position where, you know, they, they have like a decent uh, following and whoever takes over will hopefully be able to continue along those paths. And uh, it might be a different show depending on who they get. I mean, you know, depending on who picks up the, the uh, mantle and what their access is to certain people and uh, what their interests are will change the show and it'll be a different thing. But yeah, I'm real excited. There's a few episodes left. Um, I haven't, we haven't quite figured out how many more I'm going to be doing, but uh, you know, the exit strategy strategies in place. Um, and then I'm going to relaunch this whole thing. And I feel like doing these Plague Diaries episodes has uh, been a really good thing for me, you know, creatively to, you know, sharpen my skills and talking, becoming more comfortable on the microphone uh, without having another person to talk to. And I think, uh, you know, improving my abilities as a storyteller and that kind of thing. So that's exciting. I hope, uh, you know, you guys stick around. Uh, we'll have new shows every week. Probably starting, I think, um, in March is when we're going to try to kick that off. I still have some time left at Gimme, so um, you know, still putting content together for this thing. Uh, Patreon has become a thing again. Uh, there'll be bonus episodes. There'll be stuff I dig up from the vault that's actually quite surprising and is very interesting. That will be available on the Patreon account. Uh, you know, it's it, I'm going to relaunch that. It's just going to be basically one one price. It's going to be like $2 a month or something like that if you want access to everything. And, uh, yeah, I'm not one of these guys who's going to, you know, jack you for $10 or something. I mean, I just don't think what I do is worth $10 a month. So there you go. It's either free or $2. And, uh, you know, Necromaniacs is um, – that's good. That's that's a weekly show right now. So I know that uh, more people have been listening to that. We're going to relaunch the Patreon over there, and uh, that's going to be all kinds of cool stuff going on. So I'm really excited. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've always been independently minded, and I think that uh, I just when it comes to this kind of stuff, I'm not really the best employee. You know, I'm not really built 
to produce this for someone else under someone else's guidelines. So it's uh, not like I got a lot of direction from them, but um, there was always in the back of my mind that I was doing a show for someone else. And um, yeah, just uh, nothing more than that. I go, whoever takes over for me, I wish them luck. And uh, we're just going to keep rocking and rolling. Uh, if you guys are into print media, the brand new issue of WDW3, the official Holy Mountain magazine, is out. And uh, once again, I got some work in there. I have a really cool interview with Stephen Von Till. And uh, I don't have to mention that he's in neurosis because you guys all know that. And uh, yeah, it's it's great, man. I um, I don't know, man. For like three decades, that dude's been like a huge influence on me creatively. I mean, neurosis. I don't tombs wouldn't exist without neurosis. So uh, so that was really cool to talk to him. And yeah, really cool guy. It's like I, I actually never met Steve until I've met I've met Scott Kelly. I talked to him a couple times, you know, and. Steve has been someone that's just been outside of my, my periphery, so it was good to connect with him on the phone and, uh, and talk, and it was really cool. And that's, um, that's out right now, so you can go to Holy Mountain and order a copy. It only exists in the print form, which I think is cool. You can't read it online. It's not a blog. There's no digital element to it. It's literally a tactile magazine. And uh, that makes me really excited because I, I love magazines. I love the printed form. Uh, it reminds me of uh, some of those great zines from the 90s, like Your Flesh. You know, I, actually, uh, Danny's Magazine, you know, WDW3, re- reminds me a lot of Your Flesh because it's not only music, it's art and, uh, you know, movies. Like the first issue that came out, I had um, – an interview with uh, Joe Bigos and Josh Ethier, uh, you know, two filmmakers. Uh, they just, they, the newest film they've done was VFW, uh, one of my favorite movies of a couple of years ago called Bliss. They produced that. And um, yeah, and then the second issue, there's the uh, interview with, uh, with Dwid, which was awesome. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying the, the piece that I did was awesome. I mean, I hope it was, but talking to Dwid is always cool. Is a fascinating guy, and uh, yeah, there's there's definitely plans for future issues. I'm glad that people are buying it, and please go out there and support physical media. So, in the aftermath of all this stuff, uh, just one of the things that I just can't get my my arms around is the fact is how people can so zealously support a guy like Donald Trump. I mean, I know that's like, you know, a question that is old at this point. But um, yeah, my, my father voted for him. My father continues to, continues to support him, you know, the madness. And it's created a huge rift in my family. My mom and my, mom and my dad are, are uh, at odds with each other over Donald Trump. And uh, throughout the years... I've always tolerated my father's right-wing leanings. Uh, I would say, you know, he's an old-school kind of guy. But uh, I accepted that, and I think that this is just one bridge too far for me. And, 
it's created a very big situation that I have to deal with. And um, I, I know that despite all of the craziness that Trump has instigated uh, with this insurrection and this domestic terrorism that's resulted under his watch, uh, I was almost uh, afraid to find out what my, how my father landed on this. But uh, in a recent conversation with my mom, she told me that, uh, yeah, your father, ever since the election, there's been problems, you know, this and that. He's uh, sympathetic to these uh, simpletons who stormed the Capitol, and I find that very distressing. And that's why I needed answers. I needed to know what it is that are that's attracting so many people to this guy that is spitting in the face of our Constitution, that is putting our very existence as a free democracy at risk, and is trying to create an authoritarian government. And um, some of the things that I found is, uh, I mean, all right, we're going to talk about QAnon. I guess that's the, the crux of this whole thing. And I've always loved conspiracy theories. Back in the 90s, you know, I remember reading, uh, you know, all the Feral House books and, uh, you know, um, On a Pale Horse, like stuff like that. It's, it was great entertainment, let's put it this way. I have... Uh, fascinated by the stories that people will fabricate to uh you know support certain narratives you know be it the kennedy assassination or the uh you know the jack ruby conspiracies the whether or not we went to the moon actually i find (laughs) i find that conspiracy theory way more uh easier to swallow the fact that the idea that we didn't actually go to the moon than any of this QAnon business that's out there. And uh, I became disenchanted with, you know, conspiracy theories ever since the election because I know that Trump has basically created a mainstream viewport in which people view conspiracy theories and the confusion and these kind of uh, commercialization of, of news media. Um, let's not let's 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 take a minute and think about that for a second. You know, like back in the day, you buy a newspaper, you read it. You buy a magazine, you read it. And uh, there was a subscription base. But nowadays, true, you have to you can subscribe to the New York Times. Yes. But much media is based on clicks and getting eyes and selling advertisements and things like that. So. Media has had this populist bent to it. And as a result, to attract people, there's been this sensationalism that is, uh, has been designed to put more eyes on the content. And I think that was the beginning of the end for telling the truth in the United States, if not the whole world. You know? And then add in all this uh, you know, social media hysteria, Twitter, the toxic nature of that, uh, also, there's this rise of the concept of belief being information, you know, and that's information, facts, and beliefs are different things. Confusion regarding beliefs and truth. These are all the things that are at play right now. So I, I took a dive into QAnon and, you know, and 
I was entertained and shocked and frightened by actually what I found. Um, so this is what I found out. I mean, you guys probably all know this, and I'm probably late to the party and all this, but it's a you know, obviously it's a far right uh, community, and none of the uh, beliefs have been substantiated. And um, you know, it started in October of 2017, and the predecessor to the QAnon movement was uh, the whole PizzaGate conspiracy, which that is like. That also, that's been debunked. But the funny thing about Pizzagate is it, it went viral around 216 during the elections. And the pizza theorists, they claim that, um, let's go back and talk about John Podesta's emails, that they believe that it, can, it contained coded messages connecting uh, top um, Democrats with uh, child sex rings. And they, they believed that this whole ring of pedophiles operated around the Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria in D.C. And uh, so we don't have to go too deep into that. It's preposterous. It's totally fake. But that was kind of the predecessor for the QAnon movement. So with QAnon, <laughs> the belief is that there is a cabal of satanic pedophiles, once again, this fascination with pedophilia, cannibalistic pedophiles at that, running a global child sex trafficking ring, and that they also control the deep state of government. And this uh, inner circle of people includes all Democrats, Barack Obama, the Clintons, George Soros, and key members of the entertainment business, such as Mick Jagger. They also believe that there are reptilian overlords running behind, being hidden hands behind the scenes. And that, that whole reptile thing is like a David Icke. Uh, that's an old conspiracy that got woven into the QAnon beliefs. Uh, so there, there's an anonymous person hence QAnon, named Q, that dropped all this knowledge on the 4chan, 4chan network. And, uh, of course, no one knows who he is. Um, it's believed that it's a group of people, not just one person. And that Now, I find that really fucked up, that you're going to just believe some anonymous fucking drop like that. It's just... Uh, I guess that tells you a lot about maybe the psychology and intelligence level of some of these people. And, um, you know, I, I, this, this is where I try to empathize. You know, you're not that smart. You're kind of a loser. Maybe you're not successful in life. Maybe you want to find a reason why you haven't been able to succeed. And uh, you're white. And... You believe that maybe the other is somehow holding you down and that the people in power should be looking out for you a little bit more than they have been as perceived by you. So I believe this describes your basic QAnon believer. 
so they you create a belief system and then you're just looking for someone to um support this idea so q drops this uh knowledge that all these democrats which you perceive to be uh you know anti-working class like anti-white you know like they're, they're trying to like give away parts of our country to other people they're pro other so of course if if q tells you that well they're they're actually uh satanic cannibalistic pedophiles and that donald trump has been selected to fight the forces of evil on your behalf now that fits right into your narrative and it's no secret that um you can look at all the videos that they have published uh about that insurrection you know it's, it's tons tons of QAnon flags, references, uh, you know. I think even that that uh, that fool with the horns, I think that guy actually is called the uh, the QAnon shaman. So there, there you go. And uh, the sad part about it is that uh, do I actually believe that Donald Trump himself believes in any of the um, ideals of QAnon? Probably not. But the sickest part about it, and I don't mean sick in like, you know, like the way like a Slayer record is sick. I mean sick as in like mentally sick. Is that he was asked outright about QAnon and he denied knowing who they are except for the fact that they like him and he thinks that's cool. And he drops these little, you know, these little tidbits of information just to keep them at his fingertips. You know, he once referred to QAnon as people who love their country. People who love their country. And I guess the QAnon people refer to him as Q+. They have a code name for Trump, too. Now, all of this is good, all, all fun on the Internet. You know, you're going out there, you're making stories up about the, the Democrats, and you're making stories up about reptilian overlords and... You know, UFOs and uh, cannibals and all this other stuff. But there's been like real, it, like they jumped into reality though. And there's, there's a whole list of things of violence that have been propagated by these people. You know, not, not the least of which is the insurrection at the Capitol. You know, people have been shot. There's, uh, you know, people have been harassed. Um, you know, you can look it up on your own. There's, you know, murders, kidnappings, all this kinds of stuff. Have, have uh, I'm not going to go down any kind of list or anything. Um, the lady that was shot by the police at the um, insurrection was all Alicia uh, uh, Ashley Babbitt. She was a QAnon believer. So there you go. That's the people that are involved in this. They really believe the, these things. I mean, it's cool to like entertain these thoughts and talk about it and maybe, you know, write a blog post about it. But uh, it's a completely different story to go out there and march and risk being, uh, you know, arrested and thrown in jail and accused of a you know, treason, basically. <laughs> um, fascinating, I think. And scary. And that's who makes up most of the people that were at that insurrection. 
Now, there are also opportunistic white nationalist neo-fascists that were present at that thing too. And if you scan the crowd, you'll see tons of, uh, you know, regalia that, um, you know, mark people as neo-fascists, neo-Nazis. I mean, the Proud Boys have this kind of uh, neo neo neo-fascist, uh, you know, white power vibe to them. And, uh, you know, they were front and center throughout the whole thing. And it just makes up a very repugnant mix of people. And, um, I mean, I, I'm going to say a minority of people in this country because, you know, Trump has yet to win the populist vote, even in both of these elections. So I, even at, even when he won electorally, the popular vote did not go in his favor. But it really has created a, a vibe, for me at least, in this country uh, and the way I see people. I mean, I mean, before all this, I couldn't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or independent or whatever, Green Party person. I just was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm my own person. I'm a, an individual and you, know, you can have your beliefs. But now it's like very, very sketchy and... Whenever I see someone driving around a pickup truck, I'm like, I want to I want to fucking do harm to that person because I've, I, I assume that this guy is like supporting this bullshit. And I have to work on that because it's, it's just not a good way to go through life. And. Um, yeah, it's a very, uh, very troubling time. Actually, one of the one of the biggest bummers is that the uh, the right wing has now co-opted the uh the punisher skull which <laughs> that sucks man because i love the punisher and i don't want i i don't want to wear a punisher t-shirt and have somebody think that i'm uh some right-wing neo-fascist but yeah man that's um that's just uh this week's uh, musings and um yeah uh, let's see what happens hopefully everyone stays safe I just read that uh, on Inauguration Day, New Jersey is going to close all of its um, you know, offices and whatnot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for safety reasons. So this shit's coming up next week. I hope no one gets hurt. I see that there's like 15,000 National Guards people camped out down in Washington. And, uh, yeah, if you voted for Trump and you're listening to this uh, podcast, you can go fuck yourself. And uh, I hope you uh, you never uh, listen to this show again. And I don't think any of you guys did, but if you are, you're not welcome here. So go fuck off. Anyway, everyone, be safe. COVID-19 still a thing. And um, hang in there, and we'll talk soon. <laughs>